fun-filled days, amazing food, incredible wine, and heart-stopping views. Lisbon has become a destination of choice for lots of good reasons. Join us, Tori, and Paul, two proud Portuguese Americans, as we explore our favorite city and transport you to Lisbon with love. Bom dia, Paul. Bom dia, Tori. And bom dia to our listeners. Welcome back to To Lisbon with Love, a travel podcast that takes you to the beautiful city of Lisbon. Last episode, we talked about our top three things to do in Lisbon. And this episode, we're going to dig a little deeper and talk about lots of other things that you can do. And what's more, we're going to give you some serious pro tips. So I think we should take our listeners on a tour of Lisbon. Sounds good. What is the best way to explore Lisbon? Uh, first of all, I would say that the best way is not by car. I would say that Lisbon is a pretty dense city. It's pretty difficult to navigate by car. There's a lot of hills, not a lot of places to uh, to park. So I would say that to explore the city of Lisbon itself, you definitely do not need your own car. Lisbon has a really good uh, public transportation system, and there are also a lot of taxis around. So I would say you definitely uh, don't need a car. Yeah, their system is pretty great. I, I find it to be very clean, very reliable, pretty safe, very well organized, and they run on a pretty regular schedule. Yep, I agree. It's really good. You can purchase one card that gets you onto all of the different modes of public transportation, and you can uh, buy this card at a vending machine at any subway station. The card is called a Viva Viagem card, and you can load uh, value onto the card by choosing the zapping option. And uh, this is all uh, very easy to use. It's all written in English at the uh, machine. And you can store value on the card and use it on many of the various uh, public transportation uh, options. Yeah, I think some people would be surprised to even know that you could use that card to go to Sintra, which is a town, I don't know, like maybe about 45 minutes away. And that is a definite must-see. And we'll talk more about Sintra in a future episode about day trips from Lisbon, but needless to say, this card is great and it can get you to a lot of places. Yep. Uh, use it on the light rail, the subway, the buses, uh, even the uh, the trams and, and ferries. It's, it's really great. Yeah. So now that we've told our listeners how to get around, I think we should tell them where they should go. Well, first of all, most people who visit Lisbon end up at some point going to a neighborhood called Belém. And that's because there are a lot of things to see there. It's it's a neighborhood a few miles from the center of town, and it's definitely uh, worth checking out. It's probably the one place in Lisbon where you're going to see a large concentration of tourists because everyone goes there because there are a lot of things to see. And I feel a pro tip number one coming on. Yes, pro tip number one. <laughs> So, and that, that involves how to get to Belém. Now, a lot of people um, will take a tram to Belém. The, the trams in Lisbon are very famous, and there's a tram route called Tram 15 that takes you to Belém. My pro tip would be to not take that, however. So pro tip number one, do not take the tram to Belém. Yes, and the reason I say that is that 
first of all, it tends to be very, very crowded because that's what most tourists take to go there. Um, in addition, it takes a long time to get there. There are a lot of stops, and it'll, it'll just take you a really long time to, to get to Belém. And as tram rides in Lisbon go, it's not one of the more interesting ones. There are a lot of routes that take you up and down hills through the neighborhoods uh, that are, you know, a lot more fun. And we'll talk about those a little bit later, but the Tram 15 is kind of a relatively boring ride. <laughs> Poor Tram 15. Well, you know. Um, <laughs> yes. So instead of doing that, what I would recommend is to take the uh, the light rail, what, what you might refer to as a commuter rail sort of uh, a train line. It leaves from a station called Cais de Sodre, which is not far from the the center of, of Lisbon. It's right across the street from the Time Out Market, which we'll talk more about in our episode about food, but it's someplace that you'll probably want to go. And if you take the train on the Cascais line, it takes a grand total of about 10 minutes to get to Belém. It's like the third stop, so it's much, much more efficient and a much more comfortable ride than taking the tram. And it runs pretty frequently, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Uh, I would say even on the weekends, it runs about every 20 minutes, and uh, on the weekdays, even more often than that. And you're right. So it leaves you exactly where you want to be, where all of, like the major cultural attractions are. Yep. Yeah, it does. You know, As soon as you get off the train, you'll see a bunch of the places that you're uh, going to want to visit. And the, the first one is called the Monument to the Discoveries. The Padrão do Descobrimento. Um, yeah, it, it celebrates the Portuguese Age of Discovery, uh, or the Age of Exploration, during the uh, 15th and 16th centuries. I love this monument. I just think it's so beautiful, and it's very intricately carved. Yeah, it is. Uh, there are carvings of a lot of the, uh, the famous explorers throughout history, and, um, yeah, it's, it's a really striking, really beautiful monument. And there's, on, on the grounds, there's a wonderful map as well. Yeah, the ground is beautiful. There's this limestone mosaic that shows um, a compass and all the various routes taken by the Portuguese explorers. Yep. Well, you know, all of the famous explorers are uh, represented from Bartholomew Diaz, who sailed to the southern coast of Africa, to Vasco da Gama, who was the first European to sail all the way from Europe to India. You've got Cabral, who was the first European to sail to Brazil. And um, even Magellan, who a lot of people don't yeah. even know was Portuguese, but he was Portuguese and uh, he is represented as well. Wow. I also just love stopping at this monument because the Azores are are represented on this map. Um, and I love going to San Miguel, which is the island where my family is from. And, you know, just thinking about their own sort of personal navigation to and from the U.S. and kind of thinking about their their own route of discovery and to a new world, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. It's very beautiful and very informative. Definitely uh, worth checking out. And then right nearby is another, I guess, fortress. It's the Tour de Belang. Yeah, it's a, it's a small fortress. It was uh, built to defend the city. It's right on the river. 
architecturally very Moorish uh, influence. And yeah, it, it's definitely worth uh, walking over there. You'll be able to see it from the monument to the discoverers. Mm. And uh, yeah, walk over there and check it out. And you can go inside it, right? I believe so, yeah. I, I personally have never gone inside, but I believe you can, yeah. So. so two things worth checking out right there. And then right nearby is another really important structure. It's the Geronimo's Monastery, and it's very large and also very, very beautiful, both from the outside and on the inside. Yeah, it, it really is. It's uh, it's so uh, peaceful and so ornate, and uh, it's uh, a, a great example of, of Portuguese architecture. Yeah, there's this really gorgeous cloister on the inside, and I think that they've got tours also. It is a pretty busy area, so there's usually, you know, a line to get in, but it's worth waiting in that line and, and going in. If you are short on time and can't do that, there is a church right next to it, and that is free, and you should definitely go check that out. Yeah, the, the church is also really beautiful, really uh, intricate. Um, yeah, definitely worth, uh, worth visiting. And there are two very famous tombs inside the church. One of them is of Camões, who was considered the greatest writer in, in Portuguese history. In the 1500s, he wrote Us uh, Luisiades, which uh, is a an epic poem about uh, Vasco da Gama's uh, trip to India. Oh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of considered like the Aeneid of the Portuguese language. It's it's oh, wow. considered one of the great works of literature. And uh, so he his tomb is in the church, and also opposite his tomb is the tomb of Vasco da Gama himself. Uh-huh. And the entire complex was built by the Portuguese king, basically fulfilling a promise that he made to the Virgin Mary when Vasco da Gama left on his uh, on his voyage. He prayed that they return safely, and he promised that if they did, then he would build this beautiful monastery and church in honor of that. So, yeah, and um, in fact, it's built on the spot where Vasco da Gama and his crew prayed the night before they left on their voyage. So it's a very, yeah, it's a very, very historic and important uh, part of Portuguese history. Oh, wow. I'm learning all sorts of things. Yeah, so stick around. and then nearby is a personal favorite of yours, isn't it? It's the Coach Museum. Yeah, that's always been since I was a little kid. As I mentioned in episode one, uh, I would visit Lisbon a lot with my family when I was growing up, and we would always go to the Coach Museum. And it's just an amazing collection of these royal carriages. You know, think of the coach that that Cinderella used, you know, that was turned from a pumpkin into a beautiful carriage to take her to the ball. It's sort of that, th- think about, you know, that level of of uh, beauty. It's, it's really just this collection of royal carriages from throughout history, from all over Europe, and it's, it's just a one, wonderful, wonderful uh, thing to check out. Yeah, and it's in a new building, so that's always kind of cool to check out to see how you know, just sort of how these structures are changing and accommodating a lot of these really beautiful um, carriages. Yep. And then 
relatively nearby is another major cultural institution in Lisbon, and I would also say kind of like in Portugal in general. Um, it's the Pestege de Belang. So we'll talk a lot more about this in our future food episode, but a pastel de nata is essentially a pretty famous Portuguese dessert. It's a custard tart, and you'll find it at bakeries throughout Lisbon and throughout Portugal. But the ones in Belang are are special because they have a particular recipe that was it's a secret recipe um, that was handed down from the monks. And to call the Pestege de Belang a bakery is a little ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to me, to call that a bakery is like calling like the Grand Canyon a ditch or something. <laughs> it's like not even capturing the 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 essence. But it's a definite must-see, and this is where pro tip number two is coming in. Yeah, so pro tip number two, um, a lot of people will approach the Prestige de Belay and see this massive line outside. And you might think, oh, I have to wait in that line. And it turns out that the line that you see outside is just if you want to take the pastries to go. Which you might want to do if it's a beautiful day. There's a park across, you know, across the way that, you know, would be nice to hang out and and enjoy your pastries. But you don't have to wait in that line. If you want to eat inside, you can just go into the building and you'll see signs that lead you towards the back where there is a huge room filled with tables, a lot of uh, service, and you can wait in a much smaller line for a table. And I think that usually takes less time than waiting outside in the long line. And you get to uh, enjoy your your pastry there. Yeah, and it's also great just to walk in because there is this beautiful azulejo design on the wall. Um, And azulejos are the ceramic tiles. I talked a bit about that in episode one. And there's also, you can walk through and see their operations. So you just see them making all the various pastage. Yep. So there is actually a lot more to see and do in Belang. There's numerous museums. There's a palace nearby. So you could really take a whole full day in Belang. But if you're short on time and, and don't have time to do that, uh, definitely these are the things that you'd want to check out. beginning of this episode, we said not to ride the tram to Belang. But that does not mean that you should never ride a tram in Lisbon. No, you, you definitely, uh, I would highly recommend riding the trams in general. And the most famous one and the most fun one is called Tram 28. And uh, Tram 28 is your, your classic Lisbon tram that goes through many different neighborhoods goes up and down really steep hills, gets sometimes frighteningly close to <laughs> buildings and other trams. and You want to keep your hands in at yeah, all times. <laughs> I would say, yeah, definitely keep your, your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's super fun and uh, it's, it's very much worth doing. But, yeah. but the, the problem with that, of course, is that Everyone knows this, and everyone wants to ride it, so it's 
super crowded. So this brings us to pro tip number three. Yes, yeah, so pro tip number three, and this is definitely for for people who have some time because this, this takes a, a little bit of time, but I think it's worth it. So pro tip number three is instead of getting on the Tram 28 in the downtown area where it's very crowded and where you'll probably have to wait a long time to get on the tram and then be, you know, packed like sardines uh, once you're in the tram. What I would recommend is taking a ride on the Tram 25 away from from the center. And you can actually get that tram in Praça de Figueira, right? Yes, that's that's correct, which is Praça de Figueira is a, uh, you know, a an open square that's very close to the Rusiu, which is the main square of Lisbon. So it's only about a block from there. Yeah, so when you get on the tram, it begins there at Praça de Figueira, and it will take you on a slightly different route as, as Tram 28. You'll get to see more of the city. Again, a very nice ride, and towards the end, you'll get to a place called the Jardim de Estrela, which is a beautiful little uh, bucolic garden very nice to walk around a lot of great uh, great trees and flowers and 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 ponds and it's really really beautiful to to check out yeah I second that it's it's very charming um, very mm-hmm. lovely you walk around and there's like little outdoor cafes if you want to take like a quick break there's beautiful fountains it's just a very charming garden yep and right across the street from there is the Basilica de Estrella, which is a, a very large church with a trademark dome. And it's definitely worth going inside and, and looking at the beautiful church. And if you feel so inclined, you can pay a few euro and walk to the, to the top of the dome and get a beautiful view of Lisbon. So I, I think that's an area that, that's really nice, and not all visitors to Lisbon go there, but I think it's def, it's worth checking out. Yeah, I would agree. And and the beauty of it is once you're done there, you can then get on the Tram 28 going back towards the center of town near the beginning of the route before it gets too crowded. So you're more likely to get a seat. You're more likely to not be uh, stuffed uh, into the, you know, packed like your pr- proverbial <laughs> Portuguese sardines. Um, at least not right away, and you get to enjoy the entire Tram 28 route, and it goes through, like I said, all different neighborhoods, the Chiadu, which is a very fashionable um, shopping district. It goes through the Baixo, which is sort of the center of town, a lot of uh, commerce. Then, of course, up through Alfama, which is the most beautiful and and uh, typical neighborhood in Lisbon. And then up through Graça with its wonderful Miradouros, and then it goes all the way back down to the Praça de Martim Muniz, which is actually not that far from the Rusiu. Yeah. You know what I find so interesting about this particular tram, other than, you know, I mean, it's, it's such a great ride and a must-do, is that there's actually a lot of local people riding it. So even though it is like a big thing to do in tourist books, um, and there are a lot of tourists, it, it always surprises me. Like, people are using it to get to work. Yeah, especially uh, early on in the route before it gets super crowded, like back over near Estrella. You will notice that probably, you know, a, a good percentage of the people on there are locals who are using it as transportation, which, yeah, it is it is amazing. So we end in Praça do Martim Moniz. Um, 
And this place has got some history to it, doesn't it? It does, yeah. So it was named after Martin Muniz, who was a, a soldier who actually led the assault on the castle, Castello San Jorge, when it was taken from the Moors in the, in the uh, 1100s. And you can see the castle uh, clearly from, from that praça where you get off the tram. And uh, so you, you can see how the assault would have started there. But the reason that they named it after him is that when they were approaching the castle, the defenders were trying to close the main door, but Martin Muniz actually flung his body yeah. into the door so that they couldn't close it. He literally used his body to, to stop them from closing the door. He put his back into it. He put Yeah, he put his whole <laughs> body into it. And... Uh, he actually, he was crushed to death, but in the time that it took them um, to to handle that, he basically, the rest of the soldiers were able to come and force the door oh, open. Oh, wow. So, yeah, he was really responsible, you know, for for them taking the castle, and that's why the Pras is named after him. But our listeners do not have to, like, do that in order to enter the castle. No, they, they will not crush you to death with, with the doors. <laughs> they, they might, you know, they'll just make you pay to get in. That's yes. all. And you should pay to get in. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. It's a really, really cool uh, castle to explore. So I feel pro tip number four coming on. Yeah, so pro tip number four, and this is a, a very new pro tip. This is within the last year, uh, this has been the case, but if you are in Praça de Martin Muniz and you want to make your own assault on the castle, you can do so by walking up the hill, which is what Martin Muniz did. But if you don't want to walk all the way up the hill, there's actually an outdoor escalator there that takes you about halfway up. And that was built very recently, like I said, within the last year. But uh, if you don't feel like walking all the way, you can uh, save some steps. Yeah, the walk up is pretty impressive and you know definitely worth doing but Lisbon is a very hilly city so if you you know want to take an escalator halfway up um no judging here <laughs> it is definitely you will get your steps in so many other ways yep there there's no uh absence of <laughs> of uh opportunities to get your steps in that's for sure nope so once you're at the castle and you know you should pay to go in and check it out it is a very impressive structure, and it's not your typical royal kind of living castle. It's a fortress. It's, yeah. it's for defense. Yeah. And so you're in there, you're walking around. I, I just love touching the walls and just, I don't know, it feels very sacred in a way. You're, you're you know, kind of very connected to Portuguese history. And there's quite a few things in the castle that you can explore, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, uh, for one thing, there's an active archaeological dig that's sort of um, uncovering some houses that were there in Moorish times, so almost a thousand years ago. And there's also a small museum that shows all of the artifacts that have been dug up throughout history um, in the castle. Mm -hmm. There's also a camera obscura, which you can go check out. And we've gone when there's been, I guess you would call a docent who can, you know, use it to show you like the landscape of Lisbon and and talk about the various buildings. Yep, and you would have to check the schedule, but they do have uh, presentations in English, which is good. Mm-hmm. And 
you will be so charmed by this. There are also a lot of peacocks there. Yeah, there always have been, even when I visited as a kid. There have always been a lot of peacocks around there, and I think that was probably the first place that I just sort of saw peacocks in the wild, if mm. you will, just just wandering around. <laughs> and they definitely put on a show when they know that they're being watched. They yes, they they do. They are they're definitely <laughs> proud as a peacock. Oh man. <laughs> so the castle is located in Alfama and We've mentioned Alfama a few times in this podcast, and we'll talk a lot about it in a future episode when we're talking about the neighborhoods in Lisbon. But we wanted to call Alfama out as a must-see during your visit because it's a pretty special place. Yeah, it's probably the, like I said, the most iconic neighborhood in Lisbon. And it dates back to uh, before the earthquake in 1755 that leveled a lot of the city. Um, it left uh, Alfama relatively intact, which is great for us because you just walk around and you feel the history. You just you can tell that people have been living there for hundreds of years, and it's so fun to just wander around the narrow streets and you know up and down the hill. There are. Some streets that are so steep, they're not even paved streets. They're basically sidewalks. And you have the uh, people drying their laundry out on the clotheslines outside their windows. You have the old women, you know, talking to each other across the way through the windows. And it's just, you just really feel a great sense of, of home, really. Yeah, Alfama has a lot of soul and a lot of character, and part of why it has that kind of soul is that there are actually a number of Faldu places there. And Faldu is a very typical Portuguese style of music. It's very, some people describe it as melancholic, very, very, sort of like a Portuguese blues, would you say? Yeah, yeah. Um, and in Alfama, a lot of the musicians used to live there and still live there. And so there's definitely, you know, an atmosphere that celebrates that and it's part of its spirit. Yep, and if you're interested in Fadu music, there's a Fadu museum in Alfama, and yep. it's yeah, it's it's really uh, very centrally located and worth checking out if if you want to learn about Fadu music. Yeah, you can like go to various stations and just kind of like listen to samples from different musicians. So it's it's a must see. <laughs> Also in that area are a couple of important churches. The first is the cathedral, the Sa, and it's, you know, kind of, it's a pretty imposing structure. It's simple on the inside though, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's the main uh, cathedral in Lisbon. It is huge. You can see it from a lot of different places throughout the city, and it is, yeah, it, it's an imposing structure on the outside. On the inside, it's not the most beautiful church but it is uh, it is striking in its own way just because of its sheer size and its its sheer mass and it actually was built when uh, the when the castle and the rest of Alfama was taken from the Moors in the 1100s um, the um, the mosque that was there was actually torn down and they put the cathedral up in its oh, wow. place that was sort of like there spiking the football kind of thing but uh, yeah so uh yeah yeah 
you'll see it. You'll probably end up taking a photo of a of the Tram 28 passing it oh, because yeah. that's one of the one of the most popular photos to take in Lisbon. It's very picturesque. And, but right next to the uh, cathedral is a smaller church that a lot of visitors probably just walk by and don't understand the significance of. And in fact, I would say the first several times I visited Lisbon, I didn't really understand the significance. But the uh, the church that's less than a block away from the cathedral is called uh, Santo Antonio, which is St. Anthony. And a lot of people who are uh, Catholic would have heard of St. Anthony. He's sort of known as the patron saint of lost causes. He is um, the... Yeah, like if if you if you lose something, you pray to Saint Anthony so that you can find it. And a lot of people think because he was known as Saint Anthony of Padua, a lot of people think that he was Italian. And while he spent much of his life in Italy, he actually was born in Lisbon. And in fact, the Church of Saint Anthony marks the spot where he was born. And if you go into the church, you can follow the signs to the back and there's a staircase down that has a replica of his bedroom where where he was born oh well i think saint anthony's going to help us with pro tip number five yes he is not only it turns out is saint anthony the patron saint of lost causes it turns out he will help you if you have another sort of lost cause (laughs) which is if you happen to need to use the bathroom so pro tip number five is that on the way to his uh, bedroom, <laughs> you pass a public bathroom, which is very convenient because you, you can't always necessarily find a public bathroom, especially in that neighborhood. Definitely. And um, yes, this is among my most favorite pro tips for sure. <laughs> yes, it's, it's very useful. And uh, the bathroom is well-maintained. There are some women there who make sure it remains clean. So it's... it's, it's uh, it's definitely a good thing to know about. And so this just brings us to churches in general. Um, I would say that if you are, you know, walking past any church in Lisbon, um, you should go in because you never know what you will find. And there are a couple of churches that are especially worth noting. The first is the Igreja de São Domingo. Um, and this is located near the main square, Rusio Square. And on the outside, it's another unassuming structure. Yep, yeah, you might walk by and say, uh, maybe that's not worth going in, but if you do go in, you're rewarded with one of the more striking experiences that you can have in a church in Lisbon, and that's because when you go in, you can tell that the columns are very, very old, but what they did was they actually built a newer church around those columns, so you get a really really striking juxtaposition of the old and the new in one space. It's it's really amazing. Yeah. And again, it's in a pretty central area. So, if, you know, you can just pop in really quickly and check it out. And then also, um, you know, maybe get a little beverage nearby. Yeah. As we mentioned in episode one, the, uh, the Ginginia that we visited is literally uh, across the way. As you're sipping your Ginja, you can see the uh, Igreja de São Domingos right there. Yeah. And so the other church that I would highly recommend you going to is São Roque. And this is in the Bairro Alta area, neighborhood area. It is a pretty popular neighborhood, um, especially at night. It's got a pretty 
busy nightlife. Yep, very uh, very young, very vibrant uh, neighborhood. Yeah, and so you come to this church, and again, unassuming from the outside, and then when you step inside, it, I don't know, for me, it left me breathless. It's just so spectacular. Yeah, it's probably my favorite and maybe the most beautiful church interior that I've ever seen. It's it, it, I, it's almost uh, indescribable. It's, yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. There's probably like maybe 10 or 12 chapels, and each chapel is very intricately designed, um, just really individual works of art. Yeah, and the painting on the ceiling is just amazing. You know, behind the altar, you have a bunch of relics of all different saints from throughout history. It's it's an amazing place. Yeah, it's just so beautiful. And here, I would highly recommend that you take the tour. They offer several tours throughout the day in various languages, and it is a pretty rich experience. It lasts maybe, I don't know, maybe like 45 minutes. Yeah, the the tour itself is is maybe 45 minutes, and you also get to go into the museum in the back of the church, which, in general, I am not the type of person who tends to go to, to like, pay to get into the museums that are in the back of churches, but this one is definitely worth checking out, mostly because if you go to the museum, you get to see a lot of the treasures that came along with the chapel to St. John the Baptist, which is the most ornate and possibly most beautiful chapel in in this church or maybe any other church. In fact, it was originally created in, um, in Italy and was shipped to Lisbon. And at the time, anyway, it was the most expensive chapel ever built. And you can see a lot of the, the gold that came along with it if you visit the museum. Yeah, it is one of our favorite stops every time we go. It's just so beautiful and just so much to it. And then right outside, there's this lovely outdoor cafe kiosk where you can sit down and get a drink and get fortified before your next adventure. Yeah, you know, there's no shortage of, of cafes <laughs> in Lisbon, certainly. Uh, this one is especially well situated. It's you can sit down and enjoy a beverage right in the in the heart of the city. There's yeah, it's it's great. And they have um, we love to have a little beverage there called the agua dente. Am I saying that right? Agua dente. Agua dente. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not going to recommend that you have agua dente because <laughs> well, you'll 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 know if you try it, but. Um, it's uh, it's not the smoothest of beverages. Let's put it that way. No. But uh, it's basically fire water. Um, <laughs> but when when looking over the uh, list of prices one day, and I noticed that it was like a euro fifty, I said, you know, let's let's try it. And uh, yeah, it's a bit harsh, but you know, for for a euro fifty, you can't beat it. <laughs> you can't go wrong, or maybe you can. But maybe, yeah. <laughs> we we haven't gone wrong yet. No, no. Your, but, your mileage may vary. <laughs> um, but there is a way to easily go wrong, and that is walking to the Miraduru in um, Bairu Alto. It's like nearby. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's not that you go wrong by walking there. It's that you have to be very careful yes. because it might be the world's narrowest uh, sidewalk. It is scary. And it runs alongside between the church and a very, very busy street. Now, most drivers are used to seeing people there, and, you know, you'll be okay. But just uh, use a little caution. Definitely. And 
we had mentioned before that the that Miroduru is um, an overlook, and this one in particular is very pretty. You can see a lot of Lisbon, and it's just very charming. Yeah, it's uh, you get a beautiful view of downtown and the river, and I believe you can even see the cathedral from there. You can definitely see the castle. You can see the castle from a lot of places in Lisbon, but yeah. uh, it's it's a beautiful view. It's it's one of the more uh, more famous and more view- beautiful uh, Miradouros. So we've covered quite a lot of ground here, um, and we're still only scratching the surface of what Lisbon has to offer. So I guess, what is the one thing that we haven't mentioned that is a must-see? Like, what's your hidden gem, Paul? So uh, my hidden gem is, again, another place that I visited a lot when I was a kid, and it's called the Estufa Fria. And this is not very well known, but it's a, a beautiful little place. It's sort of an indoor garden. It's in the... Parque Eduardo VII, which is just at the very top of the Avenida. The Avenida de Liberdad ends at the uh, statue of Marquis de Pumbal. And if you go um, up a little bit further up the hill from there, you'll see a large park with trademark sort of jagged hedges that, that run up the hill. And if you go into that park and go to the left, it's kind of hard to find because there aren't even a lot of signs once you get in the park. It truly is a hidden gem. Like, <laughs> like you would never stumble upon it. You kind of have to know it's there. But it's worth checking out. You pay a few euro to get in, and estufa basically means greenhouse, but it's not your typical glass-walled hothouse. It's sort of more open, where the roof is just like sort of wooden slats that let some, some rain in. And the the walls are not made of glass. It's it's a lot cooler than a typical greenhouse, but it's filled with just verdant, lush, tropical vegetation from all around the world. And it's wonderful to just go around and explore the little paths and and there are streams and little ponds and some statues and just it it's it's a really welcome respite if you want to get away from the hustle and bustle of the city for a little while. It's a really peaceful place to to just relax for a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And it just smells so nice. You're walking around, it just smells, I don't know, very serene and beautiful. I love it. Yep, and it's, it's a place to cool down a little if you're there in the heat of summer. It, it tends to be a little cooler in there. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's great. So, uh, Tori, what's your hidden gem? So my hidden gem is Carmu Convent and its church, or really rather the ruins of it. So you can actually see the ruins from Rusio Square. And it's a Gothic convent that was destroyed during the earthquake in Lisbon in 1755. So you're really just seeing kind of the bones of it. And it's open, so you don't want to go there on a rainy day. But it's, I don't know, I just find it so pretty. And um, in the back, there's... A little archaeological museum so you can check out the square in which is situated in Cardamus Square is also just very charming we usually go there in June um, so the jacaranda trees are blooming and it's just these I, I just love it all it's like these beautiful brightly purple trees and you know kind of this like white stone structure of the ruins and all these like little outdoor cafes and it's just it's such a lovely experience yeah it, it really is it really is beautiful 
So we've mentioned a lot about what to see. Is there anything that you would say don't see is highly overrated? There, there's one thing I wouldn't say don't see it. It's it's worth seeing from the outside, <laughs> but for but in my opinion, it's not worth riding the Santa Justa lift. Agreed. Um, so the Santa Justa lift is a it's an old uh, sort of iron elevator. Basically, it's an it's an outdoor it's an elevator that takes you from the Baisha up to Baidualtu, and you'll know it when you walk by first of all because it's a very beautiful impressive structure but you will see a very long line of tourists and there are people who are waiting for a long time to pay a decent amount of money i want to say it's something like five euro or something yeah, which it's is not cheap which is for for portugal there's a lot better things you can do for five euro like get a carafe of wine yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah I, yeah i'll get a carafe of wine and watch the people wait in line because they're really waiting in line at the end of the day to ride an elevator right and you get into this elevator yeah it's made of wood it's kind of cool but like you go up and 30 seconds later you're at the top and it it's, it's not even all that high and it's just to me to me it's a waste of time yeah. you know take a picture of it and move on or walk yeah. up the hill or do do something but yeah i'm not not a big fan yeah i completely agree so all this walking has made me a little hungry. Yeah, it's made me very hungry. <laughs> so I think we should talk about food in our next episode. Yeah, I'm looking forward to our next episode talking about food. Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, we'll talk about some of Portugal's or Lisbon's famous and maybe not so famous dishes, um, places where you can go eat. And we have a few hidden surprises or special surprises. That's a... Quite the, uh, quite the teaser there. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for joining us today. We're excited to be here with you and on this adventure. If you want to learn more about all the various places that we talked about, go visit our website, tolisbonwithlove.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and we look forward to hearing from you. Até já. Até logo. Thanks for listening to To Lisbon With Love with your hosts, Paul Barakiro and Tori Costa. For more information on all the places and things that we've mentioned in this episode, visit tolisbonwithlove.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, where we share photos of everything that the beautiful city of Lisbon has to offer. Unless otherwise noted, all music on To Lisbon With Love was recorded live at Duke de Rua, a wonderful fadu bar featuring live music five nights a week just steps up from the Rusiu in the heart of Lisbon. Visit our friends there and let them know that we sent you. Are you enjoying To Lisbon With Love? If so, please subscribe, rate us, and share with your friends. Is there something about Lisbon that you're dying to know about? Send an email to twolisbonwithlove at gmail.com and let us know. Obrigada. Obrigado. Obrigado.